Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Big Footy Podcast. First one we've had for a few weeks. Sorry for the absence, but I have managed to uh, scrape together the dregs of our uh, podcast team. So, say good evening to Messenger. You begged me to come on. In fact, you've offered me $50, (laughs) and now you treat me like this, you bastard. Well, if you want to be a whore for the podcast, that's entirely up to you. Um... It has been a very big news day overall. Uh, some some big developments, some some lesser developments, um, but altogether many developments today. Message. Absolutely, and, and I think we should start off by uh, congratulating Chris Newman on his career. I think that's probably been the, the biggest thing that's happened today. Uh, congratulations, Chris Newman. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very deserving. I think former captain. I don't think he's captain now, but he was former captain. He'll retire at the end of the season. Um, yeah, uh, deserving. Um, but that's been really about it, so I guess we should probably say tonight. <laughs> played in his first final, I think, uh, two years ago. Uh, in the show. Has he actually played in a winning final? I, I believe think, he I don't hasn't. think he's played in a winning Just, final. <laughs> but uh, that's he, a shame. He did. He did play. Um, he did play for. Uh, Car- he did play in the game against Carlton, where uh, Richmond were a little bit. Um, Underdone, perhaps. Mm. So, <laughs> fantastic stuff there. But he, a uh, long-serving servant of the Richmond Football Club, and we wish him all the best in his future endeavours when he retires at season's end. Mm. Now, uh, already tonight, we've uh, had confirmed that uh, Alex Silvani has been given four weeks by the tribunal for intentionally striking Jamie Cripps. And uh, Masden, Chris Masden from uh, West Coast, has been given two weeks for his, uh, apparently for biting an arm that was forced into his mouth. So, um, what are your thoughts, Miss? Uh, two weeks seems remarkably light for biting someone. It, Don't you think? It does a little bit. Um, Silvani could have got anything up to six weeks four weeks I guess will do but two weeks does seem rather light for biting it, it, it does seem the kind of thing that would uh, not, not but would, would would draw a severe penalty you'd think but uh, yes apparently not so hmm. um, what else happened today <laughs> <laughs> the Victorian, um, uh, Victorian government, just before we move on to the serious stuff, the Victorian government uh, confirmed that there will be a public holiday before the grand final. Apparently that's finally been gazetted in the parliament. So um, you'll have the day off before grand final, miss? Yeah, that's great. That's great. <laughs> I just... Stupid. Stupid idiots in the government, anyway. Nobody seems to want the public holiday. Isn't that interesting? It's it's you'd think it would be popular, but I must say, here in Victoria, nobody could give two hoots. No one asked for it that I know of. There was no, no demand. It was just this government thing that came out of nowhere. Well, they they promised it, and in the um in the in the the last in the Victorian state election, and everybody sort of shrugged their shoulders, voted for them anyway, and they've brought it in, and it's going to cost billion, business hundreds of millions of dollars. I think it might detract a little bit from the parade as well because a lot of the people that are there for the parade on the Friday, they're, they're coming out of work and stuff, so... Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, Who knows? Yeah. Although they've changed the parade route as well, so 
you know, it's not going to go anywhere near where it used to. It's going to go through the parklands and, I don't know, somewhere else over the river and past the MCG. And I don't think it ends up at Federation Square anymore, so... They should just run it through North... I mean, you know what, they may as well run... If They could end up running the Grand Final Parade in Perth. It might be easier. Well, that might be an option this year. Yes. Anyway, so speaking of uh, weird things, James Hurd retired today, formally. Uh, apparently tended his retirement to uh, the board on Monday night and formally retired... Uh, today told the players at about one o'clock and then fronted a press conference at about half past three um, to say he'd retired but, well I believe so he was standing down he was so, retired he was feeling a bit tired and a bit well, limp I, I, the board and the board didn't disagree with him <laughs> so he, the he, board uh, said in fact we're so keen for you to retire here is a million dollars to go away well, that's, that's right. And so I think uh, there's an article on the Herald Sun's website uh, indicating that he will be paid a million and a half not to pl- not to coach Essendon in the next year and a half. Um, and that may well be a fair deal given his coaching career this year hasn't been, uh, well, stellar. Well, he's got a, he's got a group of players who are don't seem particularly interested in playing at the moment. And I watched a fair bit of the game they played against Adelaide and they were absolutely horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. And um, there was a few uh, shots up to the coach's box with James sitting there staring out, wondering wondering about what it might be like to be back in the Loire Valley trying a nice uh, Pinot Grigio or something. Mm. Either way, um, I wonder if he regrets coming up uh, coming up to Essendon now, or if he just stayed on that cushy job on the couch uh, all those years ago when he said he wasn't going to coach, and then he did. Well, wow. <laughs> he, we he, he doth protest too much. I guess there's also the other thing about whether he's ever employable again if um, if uh, the water thing does go against uh, go against the bombers. It might be the the black mark you can't shake. Well, that's that's the other thing that came out of today. Paul Little is staying on until the end of this Asada stuff is done. Um, he 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 wants a new chairman to face a clean slate and not have to uh, deal with you know the the shadow of this whole saga hanging over them. So we've got Paul Little for a bit longer at least to entertain us. It doesn't matter. I mean, look, it doesn't matter who leaves. The thing's not over until it's over. Yeah. So, and then whenever that's going to be, I believe, is it November? They're talking about to do it in November? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, then you know. And either they have to serve lengthy suspensions or they serve time served and they get three weeks or four weeks. Or Michael Warner and Harold Summer speculating that if they are found guilty, they may only end up serving... You know, they might the remainder of the ban might be three weeks or something like that. So, you know, I mean, but then it's over, and then they can move on. Of course, the other side of this now is uh, Essendon are in the hunt for a new coach. Uh, Matthew Egan will coach uh, the Bombers until the end of the season, but the Bombers now join uh, the Blues and the Crows in looking for a new coach. So that'll be uh, 
interesting. The Blues are saying that they're, uh, they've got a plan in their coaching appointments. Uh, apparently that plan currently favours Brendan Bolton uh, with Matthew, uh, Matthew Lloyd's brother Simon. Uh, still a chance, but honestly, um, the Blues are sticking to their guns and I don't know who the Bombers are going to get at the moment. Well... I'm interested the first that John Barker is just clearly not the job. The audition hasn't gone well. It's not just that. Carlton haven't been competitive in the last couple of weeks at all. But, I mean, is that Barker's fault or is he just really... Well, we started off with a bang. We started off with a couple of good weeks and then nothing. Like, we just... That's it. So either we're deliberately tanking which he was very affronted with the question of the other day. <laughs> or um, well, it's not in it's not in his interests, is it? As as a prospective coach, it's not in his interests for his team to lie down because no. it's not a very good job interview, is it? I, I don't believe we're lying so, down. I just believe it's a combination of players, uh, player skills, player desire, and coaching. And I think we just we need we need someone new to come in and uh, sort that out. I think um, Nathan Bassett is uh, currently favoured. Well, I think he's currently favoured to go to Adelaide. To be honest, I don't see. Well, there was a report midweek that they were talking about Scott Burns. Well, Scotty being... Burns has fallen off the radar a little bit, hasn't he? I mean, he hasn't been talked about in terms of coaching positions for a while. But for a while there, he was up with it. He, him, and Kenny Hinckley were up for every job that was coming through. And then he, um, yeah, it was like Lee Tudor used to be up for every job. That's right. So um, Alan Richardson was up for every job, except he got one, but Lee Tudor never got one. Well, there was this whole, there was this glut of candidates that were up for it a couple of uh, a couple of years ago. You know, Ken Hinckley, Alan Richardson, uh, uh, Scott Burns, they were always in the mix. And then you know, one by one, they all got jobs somewhere else. Uh, and then Scott Burns just went off the radar for a while, so who knows? Um, I know Blake Carousella's name's been thrown about a little bit. All the um all the level four coaching uh guys have all have all been um they're all candidates for this, so we'll oh, see. Oh, is this is the new is this the new certificate they were talking about? That's the what level these are, four. These are guys that have done the level four, like the top ranked coaching course, so and oh, okay. so they're, they're, how many people are in that? I think there's twelve. Okay. And Twelve people is, is have done Bolton this. Is Bolton one of those two? Is Bolton one of those guys? I honestly don't know. I, I don't yeah. know that. He's, he's um yeah, he's an interesting guy, and in he's one of the things that in common that Clarkson and Clarkson has hired these guys is that they've all got teaching backgrounds. Mm. But what, so, what what got me when he was coaching it was his enthusiasm and his his. He wanted to be there. You could feel that he wanted to be there, and he was happy to talk to people, and he was happy to be involved. And he just—he he was enthusiastic. And I'm fed up with these dour coaches who, you know, aren't media friendly and just couldn't give a crap about the supporter. I don't want that. Yeah. I, I want a guy yeah. who wants to be there. Who wants, you know, he wants the enthusiasm. You know. So, you know, and after years of dealing with Malthouse and, um, you know... Uh, we still have to um, we still have to listen to Ross Lyon as well. Yeah. 
So you know, I, I, yeah. I honestly hope Carlton get Brendan Bolton. That's 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 my big hope. So on to the uh, other news of the day, though, and uh, the AFL has signed a massive TV deal uh, today with Foxtel. Uh, well, actually, not with Foxtel, but Foxtel were involved. It's actually signed with News Limited, and the big man himself from News Limited was down along with Kerry Stokes from Channel 7 and Andy Penn from Telstra, and their staff were all present. Uh, for... I'll tell you what, uh, was Rupert Murdoch, I saw Rupert Murdoch, I'll tell you, I hope to look that good when I'm 147 years old. <laughs> but no, it's like, and like I was saying before the podcast, I cannot remember Rupert Murdoch turning up for a media rights uh, press conference ever. Um, it's... I think Kim Williams was at the last one, um, and he's now an AFL commissioner. And uh, Kim Williams was the one before that, I think, as well. So, it's, um, yeah, Rupert, the big man himself, was here. And they were all... Oh, look, it's... Like, there were some Sorry, conspiracy on. theories on Twitter about the AFL staging this today to overshadow the herd announcement. And there's just no way that was possible with the people that were involved. I mean, Rupert Murdoch is lives in America, for crying out loud. He's not going to be here for the hell of it. You know, it's not it's not a joyride over here. And the same goes, yeah, he, he, you know, the same goes for Kerry Stokes, and and you know, I'm sure the head of Telstra has better things to do than be in Melbourne on a lark. So even even when he's leaving, it's all about James, isn't it? I I don't understand the cult, but anyway, it baffles I don't us all. Understand the cult, it baffles us at all. Yes, but uh, yeah, so okay. it was, it's a very big deal, though, Messenger. This uh, TV deal. Two point five zero eight billion, uh, of which two hundred million is contra, according to Gillen McLaughlin. How so much is contra? Two hundred million, which means there's two point three billion in actual cash over six years going back to the clubs, uh, the AFLPA, uh, and the clubs are all looking on with uh, some eagerness. Uh, basically, it comes down to this. Um, Telstra have retained the digital rights including uh, websites and things like that as well as the live uh, AFL app it will hold the rights to all handheld devices, the club digital network and internet protocol television as well as the AFL's website it also means that there will be 12 Thursday night games a year um, broadcast on channel 7 Channel 7 also broadcasts Friday night and Saturday night football, but not Sunday night football, uh, sorry, but not Saturday afternoon football. Uh, Channel 7 will also broadcast all public holiday matches and other special matches uh, as required. I presume that would mean like international rules, uh, Indigenous All-Stars and other games like that. Uh, the AFL, uh, Channel 7 also get the grand final day uh, live are you right there? Sorry, did I make a noise? Yes, what? yes, you were. I was yawning. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's, I know it's not the most riveting discussion in the world. Uh, and we'll get through it as fast as we can for you, but grand no, final... No, 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 I, I, I'm thinking about my question. I was trying to search for something. I was doing research. Oh, were you? You'd be proud of me, but I'm there, having trouble with there, my internet. There's a tonight. first... Uh, Grand Final Day will be live on Channel 7 and not on Foxtel. Channel 7 also retain exclusive rights to the Brownlow. 
So, uh, and they're going to show matches in HD. Is that and right? Matches will be in HD from 2017 with Channel Seven trying to bring it forward earlier. Uh, tweet while that was being announced, Malcolm Turnbull uh, posted on Twitter that the government was going to seek to allow uh, Seven and Nine to show uh, high definition. TV on their main channels uh, well earlier and hopefully in time for the grand final this year so fantastic uh, stuff of the the money Telstra will pay about 300 million dollars Seven will pay 840 million dollars in cash and another 60 million in contra and the rest will be paid by News Corporation so uh, and it, sorry, News Corporation will also be allowed to sub-license a Saturday afternoon game, uh, which is valued by the AFL at about thirty million a season, which was too high for Channel Nine to pay. Apparently, um, that game is almost certainly going to go to Channel Ten if the if if Fox are allowed to buy fifteen percent of that network. So, surely this is an opportunity to bring back Stephen Quartermain and Robert Walls. I don't think so. So I we, think... no, no. I think no, no. Come on, no, let's, no, let's no. play along. I'm, I'm okay. Get Robert I'm Walls in, and then we can have him want to throw forwards into the ruck. <laughs> oh, he's not getting the ball. He has to go into the ruck. No, I think I think you'll find that um, Fox will uh, simply just cross stick their coverage over to ten. Um, it was all. Uh, Rupert Murdoch made some notable comments during his press conference, uh, including that uh, Australian rules has always been their code of preference at News Corporation, and that uh, whatever the investment is made in uh, the NRL, because the NRL's uh, Fox rights haven't been settled yet, uh, the investment will be somewhat better in the AFL. This includes media, uh, print media coverage as well. Apparently, in the northern states, they're going to go all out. Apparently, so it's uh, going to be an interesting this time. News, News Corporation used to own pretty much the entire NRL, so well, I don't know why they'd say AFL's been their their um, their uh, sport of choice. Well, see, I think that's a default position though, because. When they were looking for Super League stuff, the AFL had already locked down their clubs as a result of the Elliott plan in 85. And so there was no chance that they were going to get AFL clubs to sign up to a Super League because they wouldn't have been able to. And then, they went, and so they had no choice. They went to the NRL and as a result of the split there, they, when they got back together, they ended up with a 50-50 share in what became the National Rugby League. Mm. So, it, it's, you know, and, and ever since then, uh, rugby league fans have claimed that the uh, Fox Network, well, Fox have tried to screw them over. So, anyway. Well, I think they screw themselves over by having an average attendance of about 4,000 people. So. <laughs> there is that. Lowest, lowest attendance ratings at the moment. They're down 6% this year and uh, lowest attendance ratings since 2004 for the NRL, but... Um, it doesn't. It doesn't help as well. I mean, the, for the AFL uh, financially last year, the AFL turned over five hundred and twenty-five million. Uh, just the AFL, not not the clubs, just the AFL. The the NRL 
despite having a similar TV deal to the AFL, uh, only turned over uh, $330 million, I think. So they're a long yes. way behind in a lot of areas. Membership, crowds, these things make a lot of money for the league and the clubs. So. And yeah, it, well, they own about half the sponsorship as well. So the, the interesting thing, I think, will be in all this media rights deal is how much of this money flows through to be and how much... Uh, to the players and how it affects the enterprise. I thought it, I thought it was interesting that the AFL, or Gil McLaughlin repeated, and, and Mike Fitzpatrick repeatedly referred to community investing in the community this time. Um, so I suspect we're going to see a big push of the grassroots uh, with the money. Um, the players are going to push for more. They're going to get more. What percentage they get. They're going to keep trying to get this 27% thing that they're after. And the AFL's going to keep saying no. But they'll keep well, getting closer. Well, I tell you what, the the NBA, and again, we were talking about a different scale of economy with with um, the NBA, but they've signed a media rights deal and their salary cap is going to go up by 50% over the next two years. So they're going there. The NBA salary cap for the upcoming season will be $70 million. And they're projecting two seasons' time be a hundred and nine million dollars mm. per team, and that's on a fifteen-man roster. So uh, you'd have to think. I mean, they're talking about what are they saying? Twenty-seven percent of football-related income. Yeah. What are they getting now? Twenty-three, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, that there should be no reason why the players can't achieve that. No uh, reason whatsoever. I think because they look at cricket and cricket pays the players a lot more overall. Yes. Uh, well, the top players, the top twenty players in the in cricket get paid a lot more. But they only have to pay the those twenty players, and that's right. And they get, and those twenty players get ninety percent of the money. That's right. Um, so. But when, for me, I, I, I sincerely hope we don't get to the day where they get start getting fifty percent of the money. I, I, don't, I don't want to see that ever. I don't think I don't think they deserve it. I think the AFL has a duty to look after grassroots, which feeds up. And uh, otherwise, no grassroots, you don't have the players coming through to play in the league anyway. So it's. Uh, oh, I don't think they've got different briefs. I mean, between the AFL and the NBA, but but you know, there shouldn't be any reason they can't go from twenty three to twenty seven. And it's a bigger, and the pie will be bigger anyway. So they're getting a bigger percentage of a bigger pie. I, um, I would like to see clubs looked after this time. I think the players got really well looked after last time, and I would like to see the clubs dealt with this time. I think the AFL might try and buy Eddie Had. Well, they should, but I, I guess the other thing is you, you can't make clubs make good decisions either. No, but you can make it easier for them to make decisions. And and make and take the pressure off a little bit. Uh, I think there's especially a... if it's pressure that the league applies itself by an uneven fixture and uneven broadcasting. And I mean those things are those things do exist. Yes, there are historical lows in club support, but you should be able to keep a club alive with the support any club has these days. What what well... you can't do is you can't gain sponsorship by not having exposure. You can't gain members by not playing games at decent times and in decent locations, especially if you're having to pay a large percentage of your membership back because your gate receipts don't meet the stadium costs. 
And this is the problem that's being faced by North Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs and uh, St Kilda. And probably Adelaide and Port at the Adelaide Oval. Less, less so. That, that, that deals a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if the AFL just try and pay that straight out now, which should be interesting. But um, yeah, I, I think the other thing that the AFL do impose on the clubs is they make them pay ninety five percent of the cap, no matter how bad they are. But the, I think that see that's the Fitzroy rule. That's the rule that they they bought in to get rid of Fitzroy, and um, I, I've never liked it because it means you've got players that are being paid more than they probably deserve. Whether you whether they deserve it or not, because you have to pay them, you have to pay that ninety five percent. There's no way the AFLPA is going to back on that either. You've got no chance now of getting them to back down on it. So, yeah. But in any case, there's going to be a lot more money floating around. And um, where was I anyway? I was telling you what was in the deal, and you you, you got me distracted <laughs> because I yawned. That's right, you yawned. Um. New South Wales and Queensland will get live coverage of all their teams' games, as they have been. Uh, in WANSA, though, there's going to be a subtle change. Three games in each state there will be broadcast live only on Foxtel, which is uh, which is probably going to be annoying to some until you realise that they're going to be broadcast on delay on free-to-air television there anyway, uh, which, as people in Perth have noticed is what happens in Perth anyway. So, yeah. fun stuff. Uh, basically, on weeks where the uh, where Channel 7 broadcasts a Thursday night game, they will not be broadcasting the Saturday game. So, mm. um, there's going to be at least 12 Saturdays which won't have uh, any kind of AFL coverage, but you'll probably still get your VFL coverage, which wasn't talked about here at all. The other thing that wasn't talked about was women's football which uh, a lot of people were expecting to be mentioned after some comments made on the weekend indicated that there might have been a women's league on the horizon and a very irate girls play footy blog uh, going on about how there was no money in the uh, in the deal for women's football mm. or, or a women's football competition to which I would say that it's going to be it'll be negotiated separately if there is going to be any deal at all and that you shouldn't place too much stock in one in a one-off game that pulled 244,000 viewers. But, um, anyway. Well, there you go. And you can direct all correspondence to the Wookiee at as, Big Footy. As I like to say, you can direct all correspondence to British Aerospace, Post Office Box 54, Mawson Lake, South Australia. Um, <laughs> you know, know Monty Python references there. Um it's- Yes, so that's 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 pretty much it. Uh, there'll be nine rounds per, uh, sorry, nine games per round, as there are twenty-two rounds per or twenty-two games per season per club. So no changes there. We're not going to see any club go to the wayside with the kind of money floating into the league at the moment. So yeah, well, we'll see. You can never underestimate the ability of clubs to shoot themselves in the foot. Mm, the draft will stay on Fox. So. Fun stuff. Some pretty boring football-based television that aren't games, though, isn't there? Oh, I mean, there is. The draft, the Brownlow, it's horrendous television. 
Yes, and there's a lot of talk shows and things like that that are associated with footy as well that Fox will keep doing and, you know, your your beloved, you know, Essendon 360, as I saw it called today. Oh, that's all right. I, I, I enjoy 360. I enjoy so, it. I, 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 wonder how, I wonder how James Heard Classified is going tonight. <laughs> the, the, I, uh, I, I did notice, uh, yes, Caro, they posted something. Actually, yeah, there's some interesting stuff posted to Caro on the Twitter feed. It was... Um, I, I yes. bet there was. <laughs> I bet there was. Yes. So. Yes. Anyway, before we go, we won't be doing a podcast later in the week. Uh, no. this, is, this is it for us. Uh, we're old men. We don't have the time that we used to for these newfangled uh, podcast thingies. Mm. So uh, we'll have a quick look at the games coming up for the weekend. Uh, very briefly, Mess. Yes. Uh, we got uh, Friday night, and it's Hawthorne and Port Adelaide. Well, just got to keep winning. It's all we can do now is keep winning and hope the West Coast Eagles slip up. Mm. So I think we will take the long handle to Port. It's the last semi-challenging game for the season. <laughs> and it's, bel- belt them. Game at Eddie Head Stadium there. Collingwood have got Richmond on Saturday afternoon in the early game uh, at the MCG. Um Interesting, interesting game, but um, you'd expect Richmond to win in the form they're in. There's nothing more tigerish than the tiger. I'd say yes. <laughs> Thanks, AA. Although this is sort of the game that they they usually choke up, isn't it? Yeah, it it can be, but I don't know. They're, they're, they've got they've got an irrepressible feel about them at the moment. How soon do we start talking about Nathan Buckley getting sacked? Well. Isn't there rumours on the on the board about that already? I'm, well, I'm, sure, they, I'm they, sure I've seen them on the board. They'll have to turn. They'll have to turn to uh, turn to someone. Uh, the media have to turn their attention to the next coach to be sacked. <laughs> uh, Saturday afternoon at Spotless Stadium, a big match: uh, the Battle of the Bridge between GWS and Sydney. You. Uh. I expect the Swans to win. Um, I I expect that, yes, the Swans. Gold Coast and Essendon at Carrara on uh, Saturday evening. There is nothing, nothing surer than Essendon will win this game. New coach. (laughs) New coach. New New coach syndrome. New coach syndrome. Mm. I I still think Gold Coast is going to win this one. I did find out what Matthew Egan does now, though. He coaches Essendon. Yeah. Didn't, there you go. Didn't you know, I, I said that about four times earlier in the podcast. He just popped up, but, but yeah, I didn't realise. Yeah, now he coaches Essendon. That's great. <laughs> Saturday night, St Kilda play Geelong at Etihad Stadium. Oh, Geelong are actually playing pretty well. Yeah, I'd think. I think they're going to make the this finals. Time of the you year. think they'll make the finals now, don't you? I'd, I'd think they'd come pretty close to doing so if they're not already here. Yeah. Adelaide have got Brisbane at Adelaide Oval. Oh dear! Actually, you know night. what? Adelaide that'll be the second percentage booster in a row. You know they they did they picked up ten percent in that game against Essendon. Yeah. They were level pegging with Geelong, and then they're now the ten percent in front. But they'll um yes, Cross very, the very cement eighth stick. spot. 
Uh, North Melbourne have Fremantle at Eddie Head Stadium on Sunday in the early game. Um, are Frio choking? No. Have you have you have you seen anything of North Melbourne this year to suggest that they could win that game? Uh, no, not really. They have no earth. They have no earthly right to win that football game. Fremantle, Fremantle. To be fair, despite being jumped in the in the sorry the derby, um, Fremantle were pretty good for three quarters. I mean, they played. They were that was a very good game. Mm. In the game that nobody cares about, Carlton have Melbourne at the MCG. Um, oh. and it's my team, and I don't even care. So we'll and, move, and we'll, the, it, it's it, neither you should. We'll move on to the game that everyone should uh, take an interest in. And this is West Coast and the Western Bulldogs. It's uh, second versus fourth. It's match of the round on ladder positioning. So uh, this game at Domain Stadium in Perth. Oh, gee. Jeez, I so badly want the Bulldogs to win to selfish purposes, but you do think the Eagles will do it. You'd think so. Aren't they? Aren't, aren't, if, if the Eagles can finish top two, aren't they flag favourites? If they finish top two, well, you'd think Freo will finish top two as well at the moment. But but uh, but you would. I mean, my personal feeling is that the Eagles are probably in better form. But wouldn't they be flag favourites? Wouldn't you say that if the West Coast Eagles don't win the premiership this year, it's a tragic failure? I wouldn't. No. I, Given I would, that no I one expected them to get this far. No, I would say that. I would, I would say that if they don't win, it's a tragic failure. And they I would should think be if Frio themselves. didn't win after making finals and stuff for the last couple of years, would be considered as a failure if they don't make the grand final this year. Yeah, but they've got Ross Lyon 0 for 4 coaching them, so, you know. Mm. So, that's the round. Just mm. uh, the ladder at the, at the end of uh, the last round. Frio, West Coast, Hawthorne, the Bulldogs, Swans, Richmond, North and Adelaide making up the top eight there. So, don't think there's going to be a lot of movement. Um, you can make a case for Geelong. Maybe they're only a game out, but I think Adelaide winning this week might uh, set uh, might, might put that to rest. Um, GWS are on the same number of points as Geelong, but they've got the Swans this week. I don't see um, I don't see an upset happening there, and I think basically anyone below GWS is probably out of serious consideration. Collingwood are two games out of the eight. Not it's, not, it's nine teams now, isn't it? Well, it's anyone from honestly the top. Basically, yeah, really, it is. It, it is nine yeah, teams. It's nine. Yeah, uh, I don't think because Geelong and Adelaide have have that um, have that have that game that they drew. So, because I think we're starting to talk about anybody where you have to use the phrase mathematically possible, you're really saying they're not going to do it. And even then, really, only GWS are mathematically possible. I mean, it'd take a remarkable run of um, wins and losses for Collingwood and Port Adelaide to get back into there. Yeah. Really, and St Kilda, Melbourne, Essen and Gold Coast, Brisbane and Carlton, you should all be on holidays already, really. <laughs> well, their supporters certainly are. No. Oh. We've been on holiday since like round six or something last year. Yes. So, fun stuff. Sorry, when you've got Brendan Bolton looking after you next year, you'll all be very happy because he's, he's got an infectious smile. Uh, leading the goal kicking at the moment, Josh Kennedy from the West Coast Eagles on 64 looks set to uh, take out the Coleman. 
Uh, Jeremy Cameron uh, on 51, coming second. Eddie Betts for the Crows, 49. Chad Wingard, Port Adelaide, 47. Jack Rewalt, 46. Luke Bruce uh, leading the Hawthorne goal, kicking on 45. Ness. Uh, should should be in consideration for all Australian small forward. Lance Franklin, uh, former Hawthorne forward, uh, also on 45 goals. Former. <laughs> and Josh Bruce uh, there on 45 too. Jake Stringer, 44, along with Taylor Walker. So, fun yes. stuff. Josh uh, Bruce has really fallen off a cliff, hasn't he? Mmm. Mmm. Dan Hannabury leading the league for disposals on 5.72. Dane Swan coming in second there. Andrew Gaff and Matt Prittis, uh the uh, reigning Brownlow winner, coming in third and fourth for the Eagles. So Josh, mm. Josh Kennedy from the Swans uh, making it to two of the top five for the Swans as well. So, Hey, would you like to hear my amazing stat for the week? What's your amazing stat for the week? On... Friday night, Sam Mitchell will become the Hawthorne player that has been seen by the most people live ever. Okay. So the total the total aggregate attendance at games at which Sam Mitchell has played will be the highest of any Hawthorne player. He passes Michael Tuck okay. on Friday night. He need. Uh, I think if as long as the crowd's over eleven thousand four hundred, and uh, he will have that record. So he will have been seen live by eleven million six hundred odd thousand fans. Isn't that an interesting statistic? No, not really. Oh, it's a, a fascinating. It's it's a fascinating. I found that fascinating. A, you're a fascinating man with fascinating stats, Messenger. Uh, we are truly honoured and blessed. 11,600,000. Can you imagine how long it will take a GWS player to play in front of 11 million people? They'll have to play 700 games. Well, with you know today's advances in medical technology and cybernetics, it might be possible. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Reese Palmer have to be 58. So, well, there you go. Anyway, that's that's pretty much all I've got. Mess, what are you looking forward to on the weekend? I'm looking forward to Sam Mitchell becoming the Hawthorne player most viewed live by uh, live of any Hawthorne player. That would be fantastic. It it might even, like, I might even be one of them. feels like deja vu here. It's, <laughs> it's, what did Yogi Berra say? It's deja vu all over again. Fair enough. Um, for me, I'm just looking forward to getting through another round alive on what is a long road to the end of the season. What do you think, Carlton? I've got planned for Mad Monday in three weeks. Uh, Inflatable dicks and 90s and... <laughs> I don't, they could start planning it now. I honestly don't... Well, they should have been... They're playing like they've been planning it for the last six weeks. Maybe they'll have it tomorrow, actually. Maybe. Maybe they will, Yes, Maybe they will. But all we can do is hope that we live to see another season. Yes. That's all we can hope for. In any case, that's all from us tonight. Uh, Thanks to uh, Messenger for actually making it. Thanks to Mike for saying he was going to make it and not turning up. Thanks to Seppo for not turning up at all. I I think what we can say about Seppo and Mike is they're massive soft cocks. 
massive, massive, soft, well, soft, soft cock. I think we all know that Fremantle are to a degree tanking at the moment. Um, oh, I thought it was pretty shameless what they did on Sunday, actually. Yeah, I think well, Seppo, it's probably Seppo hasn't come on because of shame. If I was Seppo, I'd be like staying at home in a, in the fetal position in the corner with my phone off. Oh, please don't call me. Please don't call me. And my inflatable Nat Fife doll. <laughs> and, and a big tube of lube. And on that note, we're going to say... <laughs> <laughs> we're going to leave it there. This has been a very quick and dirty podcast and we apologise. Yes. Uh, but we have at least put one out this week, which is... <laughs> Something we haven't been able to say for the last two. So, indeed. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much, Messenger, for coming on. We will see you all on the forums. Play nice, people. Please play nice. And yes. uh, <laughs> we'll catch you all next week. Put your peptides out. Before I forget, uh, a big shout out to Matt Thompson at the AFL website. We love your work. Thanks for paying attention to Bigfooty today. Much love.